0: Living to Win, or we can maybe put a subtitle in it, Run to Win. As we're dealing with this series of staying in the game, pretty much staying in the game of, of life, learning how to win, I, I want us to think about living to win, running to win, and think about the attitude that's involved in that, uh, the perseverance that is involved in that, the the attitude you need to begin this race. And, and just think about, say, a child, say a, a, a little baby girl who just got past the stage of crawling and now struggles to stand up and she falls. and She's doing that because she, she noticed everybody else is on their two feet. She's trying to get on her two feet. And, and one day, you happen to see her take a little step without holding on to anything. You get excited. So what do we do? We get in front of the child and put our arms out and say, come here. And then the child that fell down looks up with her eyes gazing at who's in front of her and gets up and perseveres in such a way just to make those steps. And the funny thing is that some of us, we're kind of sly that we get closer. So they take that one step, and then we step back, so they take the next step. We step back, so they take that Third step, pretty soon that they catch on, what do they do? They just lunge forward. Because <laughs> they just said, I, I'm doing the best I can. Don't push me too far. But right, right. well, remember when that child gets a little bit stronger in how they walk, that no longer do they just barely stumble and walk to you. But now, you, mommy or daddy comes home, that child runs to who they see there in front of them in their eyesight, fixed on you. They're willing to run with perseverance and endurance. To the one that loves them most. I want us to run our life in such a way with our eyes fixed on the one who loves us most. The one that be even scoop closer to a scene that we're getting ready to fall as we come towards him. The one that sees that we have enough strength, I can scoop back because you can go a little bit further now. The one that will stay right there in front of you, willing to catch you if you happen to fall, but always encourage you to run. In Hebrews, the 12th chapter, we see such an illustration of how we can run in such a way. Just as a baby girl or a baby boy learning how to take those first steps, they have their eyes fixed on who's in front of them, trusting that this person will catch them, trusting this person will take care of them, trusting that this person will applaud them and congratulate them on this miraculous feat they just accomplished taking their first steps. In Hebrews 12th chapter, looking at verse 1 to verse 3, I am reading from the New Living Translation. The Word of God says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially... The sin that so easy trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion, who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy waiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle Against sin, I want to go back and look at verse two. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Other channel says we do so say fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Fix your eyes on our champion, on Jesus, the one who started the race and the one who completed the race, the one that gave us the race to run. Keep your eyes on Jesus, you know, the one that endured hostility from sinners. But I'm glad how the text put it that he's now seated at the right hand of God. He's in the place of honor but yet before we can fix our eyes on jesus first we got to have the nerve enough to walk think about that baby that baby did not just decide i'm going to walk on my own that baby had some encouragement it saw mommy and daddy walking before them and said uh crawling not getting it done <laughs> I, you take a child to the daycare, then see the other kids walking. They want to get up and walk and fall down and get busted up, lips scratched up, knees like every other kid. They, they say everybody else is running. I, I want to run. They, they see an example before them. So they want to follow and imitate this example. In the text, it says, therefore. Why does it say therefore? Because it's going back to chapter 11. Chapter 11 talks about some imitators. That we should imitate some people of the faith who showed us how to run in such a way. The Bible says it's a cloud of witness. And the word cloud in in many of the translations is, is symbolic, it's metaphorical of a great crowd. And it's talking about this great crowd of witnesses that we have before us. What does it mean? And, and I like this word witness because it's where we get the word martyr from. Because in the Greek it's martus. It means witness. And not necessarily mean that they die. It means that the martyr is a martyr because they die because they refuse not to stop telling the testimony of Jesus Christ. So that's why they died. That's why they are a martyr. Are you a martyr? Are you a witness? Will you testify? Of Jesus. will you testify of the resurrection. These men, uh, who have, some of them have not even seen Jesus, have gone on before, but yet they believed that the Father was sin, the Messiah, the Chosen One. So they ran in such a way. Many of them died. Many of them were persecuted by their own people, neglected, and left for dead, but yet they ran. And so it says, therefore, since we have such a crowd of witness around us, I, I like here, it says, let us. Let us, he included himself, say, let us do this together. It's an imperative. It says, this is very important. I want you to catch on. Let us run. But before we can run, we got to lay aside some things. See, before we can run, we got to prepare ourselves. Some of us are way down that we can't run. In here, it's describing how many times it might say weights, or, or the Greek can be interpreted as impediments. But what it's saying that in order for you to run faster, you need to let go of some weights. If, has anybody here run in the morning? You do running in the afternoon or running in the evening? Do you run in some timberlands? Do you run in some steel-toed boots? Do you run in boots that are heavy and thick? No, you put on some running shoes. And running shoes are made to be light. Made so that you can easily pick up your feet and move and go somewhere. And the same place, if you watch those track athletes, right, they seem like they barely got some clothes on. Why is that? Because they want to have as less on as possible to run. Because the less they have on, the faster they go. Why else do you think swimmers say they want as less resistance as possible so that they can move? We have some weights in our lives, that is slowing us down from running the race. There's some impediments we have that we have refused to let go that is slowing us down from running the race. So you have not even made it into the race because you're out of shape. You haven't even made it to the race because you don't have the equipment to run. And in the text, when it's the record shows how, if you look back into the races, they will run naked. They will remove their clothing, so they remove the impediment so that they could run. That's how, you know, you, you've seen maybe those sculptures of the Olympic Games and the, the Isthmus Games. They're naked. Yes, they're naked. Yes, they're naked. That's how they did it. They will take off these clothes. They will weigh them down. But even in the Old Testament, you can see about Elijah, say he tucked his robe into his belt. <laughs> he said, i got to remove what's going to tangle me. And stop me from running this race. I'm going to beat this cherry. So he tucked it in his belt. He took off and ran. Some of us realize well, some things that we need to get rid of. Some things we need to remove in order for us to run. down. look, it says, it says, remove the impediments and also the sin that easily entangles us. Not everything that distracts us is sin. I'll say that again. Not everything that distracts us is sin. Sometimes just watching TV is distracting, so you need to turn it off. Sometimes maybe going to the movies too often is distracting. You need to stop going. So some things that we do is not necessarily sin, but it can, it, it can be an impediment. It can be a way slowing you down. Think about how you should be spending some time with God, but yet that TV show is more important. Then by the time the phone rang, but yet you just got on the Internet. You don't want to answer the phone. We have times that we know that I will block off other stuff. So it won't impede on me watching my Cubs game, watching my Bears game. But yet if it comes to interrupting my TV show the God, God can wait. But my TV show will not wait. Even if I can TiVo it, even if I can record it, I still want to watch it live and watch it again. But our God, we can put him on hold. And what does that do? Then that leaves us up to be easily entangled by sin. Sin is always looking to trap us and enslave us and put us in bondage. Sin is always looking to destroy. Sin just wants to destroy. That's why I'm glad how 1 Corinthians 15 chapters talk about, oh, death, where is that sting? See, see, when we have been born again, we understand that no longer am I living in sin or walking in darkness, but living in the light. And when I'm living in the light, that means I'm removing things that will hinder me in this race of life. I I realize that I want to do some things in my life that I can't do with these other weights weighing me down. What weight do you need to get rid of? Take the time and think about that weight. Think about why you hold on to it so much. Think about why you enjoy this weighing you down more than anything else. And then I want to think about this weight and think about how you, you want to take a 200-pound weight with you and jump in the water to swim. Tell me if you swim or if you sink. I bet you'll find out you let go of that weight so you can live. Some of us haven't realized the gravity of this weight that in our life right now, that you're drowning right now. You're drowning right now. Water is going into your lungs. And you don't even know. You're about, to, you're about to choke up and die because you do not see the weight that is holding you down. Wake up. And remove we these weights. Let the light of the Lord shine on you and, just, and expose the sin that's in your life. And remove these weights so you can run. And run what? The race that is set before you. Just as the child would not go anywhere else except where mommy and daddy is. If mommy is in front of me, I'm running to mommy. If it's daddy, I'm running to daddy. But if daddy moves to the left, guess what? I move to the left. Because I'm walking towards, I'm learning just how to walk. I I don't know what's to my left, to my right. But I focus on my target. I have my eyes fixed on who's before me. And that's the path before me. God, in the same way, has set a path that you can start and you'll meet him. That, that, That might get somebody on the way home. God has started a path for you to start so that you can meet him. Jesus says, I am the way. The truth and the lie. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Jesus says, I am the resurrection. Jesus said, I am the light. He's pointing out that, look, I am the direction for you to go. I am the direction that you should perceive of having. Because when you have this direction and you follow me, then you have life. Yeah. We need to understand that we are need not, need not trying to go our directions, but go in his direction. We need to see that God has a plan for our lives, and it's not your plan. If it's your plan, please make sure that your plan lines up with his plan. And the bottom line is it make, it's not that your plan lines up with his plan. It's that your plan should be his plan, and then they line up. Uh, uh, thank you, Holy Ghost. I, I think about our trustees. If you ever watch our trustees, they count up the, the, the money, and each one is making up their own total. And when they're all done, they make sure that each total lines up. And what are they doing? They're saying, make sure that it's not what I came up with. I want to make sure we both came up with the correct amount. I want to make sure we both have the truth. We both have the correct bottom line. What I'm trying to say here, that oftentimes we need to make sure that we are lining up with the truth. We make errors. We make mistakes. But if you can always go back to the source, you can always find out the truth. And Jesus is saying, look here, I have prepared a race for you. I, I know it, what it takes for you to complete this race. The record says in order for you to run this race in such a way, you need to remove this weight. You need to remove what's hindering you. You need to remove this sin. And I'm glad it was specific. It did not say one. It did not say two. It said Every. Every. So that means we need to be very careful of some things that are hiding in the cracks things that are hiding in the closet, things that we swept under the rug, we need to remove it. Some of us like to be like pack rats. We'll put it in a Tupperware container and put it in the closet for a rainy day to go back to this garbage that we should have thrown away a long time ago. You haven't looked at it in a long time, but all of a sudden you got your mind made up. Did you want to check it out, see if it's still as good as it used to be? Just to find out why you put it in the box in the first place. In the same way, we need to remove these things, all of it, not store it somewhere. Well, remove it. We need to prepare ourselves in such a way to run. And then the text says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Not only do you prepare yourself to run, but once you prepare yourself to run, now you have to have the proper perspective, fixing your eyes on Jesus. Who is this Jesus? He says the author or the beginning of our faith. And then it not only says he's the beginning or the author, but he also says it is the finisher or the perfecter. I I want you to really grab what the author is saying here. That the faith that we have was started by him and was fulfilled by him. The faith that we have, he initiated and he completed. The faith that we have is his, not ours. And so we place our faith in him. And then we are a part of him. And he promises that when we abide in him, he will abide in us. What do what you saying? That means that he will be with you from the beginning to the end. How do we know? Because he is the author <laughs> and the finisher. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. I'm so glad that he is all in all? And you see in this text here, the record is showing us here, that when we put our eyes on him, who is him? I'm glad you asked us such great questions. It says Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects, Our faith. And then it got specific. He said because of the joy set before him, he endured the cross. The cross. To us that might not mean much because the cross is not used every day in our lives. The cross in that time was punishment. Capital punishment. And the cross at that time was given not to Roman citizens, but those who they did not like. Those who thought were beneath them. They put those who they, whose lands they conquered on the cross. A Roman citizen would not die on the cross, but those who were not would die on the cross. And the cross was symbolized how the Roman Empire is Lord over you. And you have to carry your own death (laughs) to your sight. You have to carry that heavy piece of wood. Not the cross we wear that's that's, that's iron and shaved out and looks all nice and clean. Nah, he carried a tree. A tree they cut down and said, we're going to kill you on this tree. He carried a tree. Has anybody ever carried logs to a fireplace before? That's just the law. Imagine carrying a trunk that's that's made to carry your weight. That's what he carried to his death but yet I like what the text says he said he endured it for the joy set before him and the word here set before him is the same word used of the race set before us I want you to grab the grab the what he's trying to give here that we should fix our eyes on the one himself also ran the race that was set before him if he was willing to set run the race That was set before him, knowing the punishment and the pain that was to come. How dare you not run that same race? I'm not not reaching somebody past the price. I'm going to try one more time. Jesus told his disciples, you call me the Messiah, but I want you to grasp on the rookie. The son of man must suffer many things. And you know, he had to tell them this a couple of times because they just didn't get it. They said, Jesus, uh, put one on your right, put one on your left. He said, look here, you can't bear this cup. I'm about to, oh, yes, we can. Oh, my Lord. I, I'm about to be crucified. Oh, wherever you go, Jesus, we're going to be with you. Y'all, y'all not catching me here. I'm about to do some things that you're not willing to do. Right. And I'm glad how Jesus made it clear to them because he had to set the example. Because once Peter, James, and John saw the example, they knew how to run after that. We, too, need to fix our eyes on the one who is willing to look at the test and endure the hostility of sin. See that in verse 3. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people for himself. So then, if you think about these things, fix your eyes on him. Put this in proper perspective. Then you will not grow weary or lose heart. Think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I want you to understand how they were willing to run this race and endure whatever came before them because they were standing in front of the king and the, and the king was, was talking to him and telling them, how come you did not bow? And they said, look here, king, we're not going to bow to your idol nor to you, but only to the true God. And what I like about what they said here, they said, Rather our God saves us or we die, we are not bound." Was he saying that? He said, I am willing to run this race and endure. The word in this, to be to, to take under pressure and have such so much stress that you're willing to endure. They said, we're willing to endure the fire and die and, and, and obey our God than obey you. And you saw how God redeemed them. How the fire did not touch them but touched their enemies. Think about Daniel. How, how they told him not to talk. To his God. But Daniel had a routine. And they knew his routine. So therefore they waited to catch him praying. And Daniel stood faithful to God. And went into the lion's den. And he knew. Whether he'd be saved or he died. He's going to pray to his God. Where are you in running this race? What have you endured. That stopped you from running? Who has hindered you. From completing this race. What has hindered you. From completing this race. Do you think about Jesus and all that he has done? And then if you think about that, you should really get happy and excited about that. You really should think about my Jesus was beaten down for me. My Jesus was rejected by his own siblings for me. My Jesus was rejected by his own people for me. The record shows how his brothers did not believe in him. The record shows how they say he must be out of his mind. Mom. Mommy and, and, and children came to get him. The record shows how his disciples left him alone. The record shows how Peter cursed him and denied him three times. The record shows whom Jesus loved most rejected him. But yet for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Why is it that someone will trained? just to run a race that lasts for nine seconds? Why would it someone would train every day just to swim every four years? Why is it someone will practice dribbling the basketball through the cold, through the winter and the fall and the summer and spring just to play for 40 minutes on a court because they're willing to endure for the joy that they'll receive. They're willing to endure pain and suffering just to stand on that pedestal one time and hear the national anthem play and a gold medal placed on their neck. They're willing to put up with some cold air on their hands while they dribbling the balls just for one day to say the number one draft pick is Samuel Thomas Durin and one day they just want to be able to say i 'm a Super Bowl champion, and I love you, mom i 'm going to Disney World. one day they want to say I went out to win eight gold medals, and I did I set myself out one day they want to but i 'm glad that some people can make up their mind to run that race, but there 's a race i 'm trying to run. I might not see the rewards on this side, <laughs> but one day the the record shows that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, and wipe the tears away. From my eyes, and I don't need no gold on my neck because I'll be walking on some streets of gold. I don't need some diamonds and pearls because the gates I walk in will be pearly gates. Am I talking to somebody here that understands that I will endure pain and suffering here on this earth just to complete the race? And here, well done. My good. And a faithful servant, I see why I'm running now. I thought I was running just for Sam. I thought I was running just for my mama and my daddy. But I'm glad when I saw Jesus. I see him now seated at the right hand of the throne. Did you see there? It's past tense, which means it's perfect. It means he's already sat down. It means it's already done because he finished. Do you do you remember when he was on Calvary? He said it is finished. Do you remember way back on Cal- before he breathed his last breath, he said, It is finished. So, the author and the finisher of our faith completed the task before us. So, there's no need for you to grow weary or to lose heart. Keep on running. I know times get rough. I know times get harder, but keep on running. I can think about Mother Dixon at 93 years old. Times did get rough, but she kept on running. Can you understand how she had her eyes fixed on Jesus? Is there anybody here that can see the Lord and think about the goodness that he's done for you? Can anybody here testify about my Savior and say, Sir, Goodness and mercy to follow me all the days of my life. Is there someone here that can say, Jesus, I'm yours. Take me as I am. Good God from Zion, I'm glad today I can run this race in such a way because I have. I have someone who's run the race for me, who began it and completed it for me. And so now I got a path that I'm going to get on. And I'm glad that I don't know when this path may end, but I know where this path ends up. It may not end up with me where I want to be, right here in the land of the living. But I'm glad that Jesus says, He that dies in me shall not die, but yet have life, because he is the resurrection. So I'm running this race. And I don't know who's going to do my eulogy, but don't cry for me, because I'll be gone. I'll be in a place where it'll be forever hello and never goodbye. I'm trying to leave you alone, but my soul's just happy, because I know I'm a sinner in desperate need of a Savior. And anybody here that can testify, knowing that you are not worthy, but the author and the finisher of the faith died for you Uh, is anybody here that can testify and say he died for me and since he's died for me i'll live for him and not only will i just live for him but i'll run and not grow weary because they that wait upon the lord shall renew their strength they say Wings like an eagle. I want to be up in the clouds. My Lord, I want to be up there in the clouds and be with our Father. But I know right here, the enemy's trying to stop me from getting there. The enemy's trying to bring all kind of confusion into my life. So get your brooms out and sweep out that mess. Get your Hoover vacuum cleaners out and clean up that mess. Take that bag out and throw it away. Take that trash out and throw it away. remove what's hindering you from running this race. And run with endurance. With your eyes fixed on Jesus. Do you see him? Do you see him as your Lord? Do you see him as your beginning? Do you see him as your end? Then run to him. Don't give in. Don't give out. Tell somebody just run. Just run. Just run. run.